Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated economist here. Oops, we got the dice. I don't drive with the dice up because I'm afraid that the uh, law enforcement officers might find that a little uh, distracting to have in my view. So not giving them any reasons to pull me over. But uh, Lumber Futures closed at $649 per thousand today. Yes, this is the price that we have experienced in the past. Back in, uh, I think it was almost three years ago, like probably around this time, like around the middle of the summer, if I remember right, lumber prices had hit two, had hit 650 per thousand back in 2018. And today, here it is, July, what is it, 12th? 13th, July 13th, and lumber futures are trading at 649 per thousand. Bam. I knew it was going to come back. I told you guys it was going to come back. I said it's going to take some time. This was the supply chain breakdown. The supply chain is rebuilding itself. It's going to take some time to reestablish that inventory, to get the thing moving again, to get the distribution networks up and running, and we are, we are coming dang close to it. Dang close. So what to expect into the future? Now, I would only anticipate that at some point we are going to see a reversal in this price. I can tell you now the phone is ringing off the hook. People, I work at a lumber yard, for those of you who don't know, I work at a lumber yard, I do retail sales for a living. Now, the phone has been ringing off the hook. People wanna know what prices are. They are calling constantly. What is two by fours? What is plywood? What is you know pressure treated lumber going for? The orders, they're starting to come in. People, people are ordering, they are tired of waiting. So. I knew this like project delaying fatigue would kick in. I didn't think it would kick in so quickly when I saw the lumber futures price drop. I figured that it would probably happen more towards the end of summer, but people are people are antsy. They they want to start these projects and they're going for it. They I mean the calls are coming in. It's just a matter of time before we see a huge huge increase in the amount of actual purchasing the ma the demand. Now a lot of people are going to say the demand has always been there. It hasn't. Not in the sense that that we would want to typically see lumber being in a consistent form. And this is going to get really confusing because really what it comes down to is there's two customers when it comes to lumber. You got the retail customer and you got the builder. The people who like even retail customers can be a builder, like somebody who is building a house. Home construction is probably the number one place where lumber goes to. It's probably like the biggest pool of purchasers. But it's not all of it. I mean, it's like 50-60%. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's, it's a great number, but it's not all of it. And there is a huge segment of the, of the market out there who purchases lumber that is not building homes. That section of the market had dropped out dramatically. I mean, we're talking the people who are going to build shelves in the garage, who are gonna remodel the basement, build a woodshed, chicken coops. Those type of projects, people do not think about 
as far as creating the demand or if or not there is a demand for lumber. They don't think of that retail customer. Having worked the industry, I focus in on the retail customer. That's where my money is made. I sell packages to mostly homeowners in the onesie twosie kind of fashion. I track down special orders like doors, windows, siding, trim, stuff like that. I'm the guy they come to to try and find all those specialty items. So the retail customer is, is like my important customer. That's the one that I'm dealing with. And they have really been absent for the last year or so. I mean, comparatively to the previous years anyway. Now, that the summer of 2019, there was obviously something taking place. I saw it happening. I saw the mill curtailments. I saw the mills like shutting down. They were laying people off. And by the end of 2019, they were in full crisis mode. Then COVID kicks in. There was even more mill depletion and curtailments. They didn't think anybody was going to be buying anything. And so they curtailed even more. The distribution networks, they depleted their inventories. The lumber yards, they depleted all their inventory. And then all of a sudden, here's COVID. Everybody's locked down. They get a stimulus check and they want to improve their surroundings. And they went out there and started buying a massive amount of lumber to remodel, to build fences, to block out the neighbor. They needed new decks. Projects that have been delayed for years came through that at that time. And there was a huge depletion of lumber. It just completely wiped out the entire system. Reestablishing that took forever. But it's coming online now. We're starting to see it. Now, I'm sorry, I didn't find the name. I should have gone and looked that up. I really apologize to the individual. But in yesterday's video, in the comments section, a gentleman mentioned, hey, have you ever heard of bullwhip effect? And now I had heard of bullwhip effect, but I didn't really think much about it as far as like, you know, researching again and, and you know, thinking about bullwhip effect and what we have experienced over the last year or so with the whole inventory supply chain breakdown, everything that went into this, you can really kind of relate it down to the bullwhip effect. Now, if you haven't heard of this one, they call it a bullwhip effect, very much like the sense that you have a, a whip, and if you just kind of move it just a little bit at the handle end, the tail end of the whip really dramatically moves. And so that's where like demand starts sending that whip into play. So just a little bit of fluctuation in demand can cause the wholesalers, the inventory like distribution networks and manufacturers to misjudge how much they should be producing or stocking or holding on to as far as inventory goes. Let me see if I can give you an example of it. So I'm going to try and break it down to like a very simple, very simple item that, uh, that we have in our store that recently I noticed has all of a sudden stocked on the shelf in a much bigger fashion than we had ever stocked in the past. Now, a lot of a lot of you guys know what a Fernco is. A Fernco is a rubber boot, almost like um, a, it's a pipe fitting. And generally it has pipe clamps at each end. So it's a flexible rubber fitting that will connect, say, a cast iron pipe to a plastic pipe or, you know, maybe a three inch pipe to a four inch pipe. And these rubber Fernco fittings, they're nice because you can just kind of slip them on. You don't have to glue them and then you can clamp them into place. Most of the time they're only used in drain lines because it's not under pressure. Anyway, these Fernco's, pretty simple item, nothing special about them. 
came up in short supply, right? Just like everything else out there, some items had trouble coming in. This would happen to be one of them. Well, if you do groundwork, like if you do excavation work or septic systems or stuff like that, these rubber fern coats, I mean, they're a pretty popular item with you because you're constantly, you know, needing to hook up different types of pipes or different size pipes. And these things make it like really easy to do that. Well, I had a customer who does this type of groundwork. He comes in and he's like, man, I cannot find a rubber three by four fern coat anywhere, man. I'm like, well, I think we just had some come in yesterday. And he was like, great, how many you got? So I went over to the shelf, what we typically have, three or four of these things. This is what we bring in for our inventory, right? Because we get inventory twice a week, so you don't carry like cases of these things. You only bring in as many as you're gonna sell between the next delivery, right? So you get deliveries twice a week. You don't really need more than three or four of these things. So he comes in, he sees them, he says, I'll take them all. And I'm like, are you sure? Don't you just need one? I mean, we got more, we'll get more. And he's like, nope, I ain't. You know, I'm not screwing around with this again. I already missed out on a day's worth of work because I didn't have one of these. I'll take all three. And I'm like, all right, man, don't return them, you know. So I sold them all three, which then shows our inventory is depleted. So the next week, three more come in. Well, almost the exact same thing happened. I had a plumber come in, buy one of them, and then somebody else came and bought two more. So my inventory depleted again. Well, once the inventory is on a depletion like this, the algorithm kicks it in that says, hey man, you need more inventory in on your shelf. So now when I look at the shelf, we have seven or eight of these particular fern codes because we're trying to stock up to meet demand. Even though there really wasn't an increase in demand, it was just that fact that these plumbers out there who had a hard time finding these particular fern codes bought them all up so they wouldn't run out again, creating a kind of false demand that really shouldn't be there. But the guys up line, they don't really know that. Like I knew it, you know, personally. I say, no, 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 don't order anymore, you know, or go to the computer algorithm and say, no, don't, don't change it. Just keep it the way it is, because I know the situation in which that those particular items had left the left the store, knowing that they're probably not going to be as much demand because these guys who buy them kind of stocked up on them, so to speak. They don't really need any more. Upline doesn't know that. So now my distributor, they're like, I just kind of assume, like, say this happens at several different stores, right? Well, now the distributor is looking at it going, man, there is a huge demand for these particular fern codes. We need to start loading up on more of these things because we keep running out. So they call up the, the major, you know, the national distributor and saying, hey, man, we need more of these particular items. And if they are experiencing the same thing that the other guys are experiencing, like we had experienced at our store, then all of a sudden there's this huge demand for these particular fern codes all the way up to the manufacturer. Even though there really wasn't an increase in demand, it just happened to be a situation that caused that increase in demand. You see what's happened here? But now the whole distribution network thinks that there is a huge demand for these things. So they're stocking up more, they're making more. And then all of a sudden it comes in to try selling these things and the demand isn't quite there. Next thing you know, now you got depletions happening because it was like, man, now we're sitting on like eight of these things. We haven't sold one in a month. Why do we have so many of these things? Move these things out of here, put them on sale, whatever you got to do to get them out of here. That's the type of situation that has taken place throughout a lot of the industry. A lot of it. You know, I was reading like, a, I think it was a Wikipedia page on this. In fact, I'll leave the Wikipedia page to this and that link that that gentleman had left in the comment section. I'll leave both of those down in the uh, down in the description for you guys to check out. But I like it because I believe it was in the Wikipedia um, section that they were talking about the bullwhip effect and they used Volvo as an example. 
I guess back in, I don't know, something like back in the 80s or something like that. I can't remember what the year was, but apparently there was an overabundance of green cars, right? And I love the story. So this overabundance of green cars, they were like, how do we get rid of these green cars? So they went on like this kind of ad campaign that they were going to be pushing these green cars, but they really didn't tell anybody that they were going to be pushing these green cars. It just kind of like, you know, the advertising kind of portion of things just pushed it out there without telling anybody that that's what they were doing. Well, the market all of a sudden saw this demand for green cars. And you know what happens is, is that if they see a demand for green cars, then the next thing you know, they're going to be ordering more green cars to try and meet that demand. Even though there was never a demand for green cars, it was just this ad campaign that pushed out the idea that people wanted to buy green cars. So that's another situation that had taken place. So I think about this bullwhip effect within the supply chain. I have a feeling that that is probably what has taken place throughout most of it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, like they said, like I said before, they looked, they looked at the price increasing as inflation. And I said it, I said it back when the prices first started taking off. I said, this is a supply chain breakdown. And now I look at what the Federal Reserve is doing and how their efforts and what they have done to try and bring in that inflation expectation, which I think totally worked. I mean, they have the inflation expectation. There is zero doubt out there. In fact, I have yet to see anybody or meet anybody that I know personally who has any other belief than the fact that prices will continue to go up into the future. Like, even when I point out at lumber, I'm like, look at man, lumber is back down to where it was. They still just say, yeah, but prices are going to go into the future, you know? And I'm like, am I the only one? I mean, literally, am I the only one who has been calling this a supply chain breakdown? Is there anybody else out there? I mean, I wasn't watching copper. I wasn't watching anything. I was just watching lumber. And if people were pointing at lumber saying, there's all the inflation you need to see, they're wrong. They were wrong then. They're wrong now if they're still saying it. Now, I look back and I asked my, you know, the owner of the company I work for, I asked the old man who works for the company who's been there since he was like 13. I said, how much did you sell a two by four back in 1976? 1975, 76. How much was a two by four selling for? He said, I don't know, buck 25, buck 50. I said, for one two by four eight? He said, yeah, somewhere around there. I said, you know, if you punch that into an, an, into an inflation calculator, that you would find that the price of today, comparatively to 1975, according to inflation, would have two by four selling for around six, seven dollars right now. Not too far off from where they are. You know, a lot of people follow this channel because they want to know when they are going to be able to get those cheaper prices. They don't really care about anything else. They just want to know when am I going to be able to get those, those, those two by fours at the best possible price. Your moment is coming, guys. Your moment is coming. The only problem is everything else that you're going to get used to build the house with has gone up. And I don't know how long it's going to take to see the price change on those. You know, one item one particular item that I have followed that did not change at all was asphalt impregnated felt. 
one of the most common house wraps out there used in most roofing jobs probably doesn't have a whole lot of like employ like labor manufacturing into it it's probably mostly automated not a whole lot of like raw materials going into it pretty simple process for it never changed price still the same price it was for the last three years that may change it may change in the next order coming up but as of right now it's still the same price that it was back in 2018 which is where the two by fours are going to be headed here before too long Anyway, I was real excited when I saw that 650 per thousand. I have a feeling over the next couple of days it's probably going to drop maybe a little bit more. I don't anticipate us landing in the 500s or 400s per thousands. I think that would probably be a little, well, I don't know, maybe it, it could hit there. I mean, it could hit there for a time being. I just don't see it stay, staying there for any length of time. Not enough to make any kind of impact as far as prices go on the market. But, um, but yeah, some exciting times, guys. Finally, the lumber comes down. Ugh. All right. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.